Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick. And I want to thank you all for listening. And uh, for, I want to encourage you to subscribe to whatever feed you're listening to this on and uh, leave us a five-star review. And if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Fight Game Media Patreon, patreon.com backslash Fight Game Media. It's just five bucks a month. You get about 15 to 20 podcasts a month from all the great hosts here. Uh, Garrett Gonzalez, John LaRocca, Robert Silva, J.D. Oliva, Mike Gilbert, Justin Nipper, uh, uh, Fuji. What's his name? Sa- I'm blood drawing a blank on that. Yeah, Saido, right? Fuji? Fumi. Fumi Saido. I'm Fumi. sorry, Fumi. Uh, Fumi, yeah, Fumi. Yeah. It's like the most hey, Fuji, popular... Yeah, yeah, I was like, Fuji doesn't most, sound right. <laughs> yeah, it's the most popular podcast on our whole network. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, just subscribe to that and you can hear, write it down with Justin and uh, Fumi. Um, but uh, uh, so normally we start off our, our show with the We Have to Talk About segment. And there wasn't really much here. Uh, you had given me a suggestion that was kind of something we were going to talk about on the show anyways. So um, I just thought I'd update people. For those that don't know, uh, my son's got a pretty severe illness that he's dealing with right now. Um, he's in the in the hospital in the ICU, hooked up to a ventilator and uh, in a medically induced coma. He was exposed to mold, and we believe in his apartment, although that's currently being investigated. Um, and uh, so, you know, I kind of let everyone know on Twitter, Facebook, and everything. And the the support has just been overwhelming and just so much appreciated. Kind of like Ryan when you had your thing, you know, a while ago with your dog, and um, and uh, you know, I, and. I hadn't, I wasn't asking, you know, I didn't have a GoFundMe or anything, but I had so many people like ask me, you know, like, do you need money? And I'm like, no, no, we don't need money. We're in Canada. Everything's covered. It's just, we need prayers and we need good thoughts and everything. And I've got so much of that. It's, it's so much appreciated. Had even family bringing me food and, you know, and people volunteering to go visit him and stuff. So it's just been great. Um, So for the last, I'd say 24 to 36 hours, he hasn't gotten any worse, which is, uh, good he's not getting better yet but at least he's not getting worse and uh hopefully you know he'll be out of his coma like i mean they can pull him out once they feel his lungs are working good enough to to be able to be off the vent so um that's the hope and i mean it's probably gonna be at least another week on the vent but um hopefully he'll be off and then you know it's gonna be a while before he can get back you know living out of the hospital but hopefully you know everything will go well and he that'll be happening so anyways thank you everyone i'll keep you guys updated yeah yeah i'm just i'm i'm praying that he bounces back much like my my dog did so yeah my dog's almost back to 100 percent, and awesome. hopefully hopefully here here by the end of the year we can talk about paul jr being back to 100 hey, percent. maybe i'll even get him on the show one day <laughs> um so uh but speaking of mma uh we did watch a lot of it uh we were you know and wrestling too but we we're talking about mma for this this hour and a bit um we watched contender series and uh week six last week august 30th and uh once again dana was in the given mood wasn't he yeah 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 he gave out five more contracts uh just and i honestly thought I want to say at least one I thought was a surprise, but uh, the the women's fight, yeah, the women's fight, but uh, yeah, just but everything else. I mean, yeah, three first round finishes. Those were obviously going to get a going to get him. Uh, first one was Blake Builder submitted Alexander Morgan in the first round, first round because uh, our in the first round with Rune Kachuk. That was really exciting. Uh, Builder. Builder's a uh, 32, which is older than a lot of yeah. people. And Dana wanted Dana wanted to mention. It's funny how last week I know I was thinking the same thing. Series, he's talking about you know all these young guys, all these young guy, young yeah. guys, blah blah blah. And now he's just like like I signed a 32 year year old this week, and he was like bashing the fact that he signed a 32 year old, almost insinuating that 32 years old is too old to be making it to the UFC, which is stupid. Like well, how, we've got like, we've got one this coming week that's debuting that's thirty nine, but yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, I mean, like, like honestly, like if you're a guy who's been on the regional scene or or hasn't made it to the UFC and you've been fighting and fighting and fighting for years and you have a record, but you may be like on you, you may have hit 30, 30, and now all of a sudden like you're too old to be in the UFC to make your debut, like like how does that like? How does that make sense? Like, what does that yeah. tell you as a fighter when Dana White is saying saying thirty is now too old to be debuting in the UFC? Like, it it 
it crushes a lot of people. He should have never said that. He should have never yeah. said that. You know, first, first he's bitching about, you know, signing too many young guys, but they're ready. And now he's, you know, basically like, I shouldn't be signing these old guys. Like, like, I mean, well, it's funny. I mean, imagine, last- imagine if he had that mentality. I imagine if that mentality was there, you know, when Randy Couture was, yeah, yeah. you know, was a big thing. Like, you know, you know, it's like, like, you know, it's, it, it's, we see, we see in, you know, pro sports, Often, you know, especially like baseball, yeah. these career minor leaguers, and then all of a sudden they get a break and break yeah. in their thirties. And some some guys, you know, perform perform and have a good, you know, last five years of the career. Some some of them don't, but I mean, I don't I don't think anybody's ever too old and too old to get a chance if they prove themselves. But uh, no, or too young. Like, I mean, look yeah. at um, even the U.S. Open. I mean, we just saw Serena Williams, and she's what forty two. And, uh, and, and just, you know, was, you know, she made it to the third round, beat the number two player in the world. And then we got like teenagers, you know, playing. So, you know, it's, it's dumb to say 32 years old is too old, yeah too old to be making the UFC when, when one of your biggest stories of the last year was a 43 year old winning the light heavyweight title. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. How, how like just that situation, the situation behind that, but, uh, yeah, everybody else got a, Got contracts. Uh, Cedric Dumas. He I was the he star. Good. He was the star. He yeah, was he was the star. star of the show. Star of the yeah. show, to, in my opinion. Yeah, and then I mean, Dana was all super high on Yusaku Kanishita. I I reserve judgment till I see him again. But uh, you know, yeah. he's putting him over as like the next big Japanese superstar. I mean, the guy's six and one. They you need. Know. They need. Slowly. They need. A, they need Japanese stars. So I mean, yeah. You know, just but, just when you see somebody who uh, you know who ends up having a finish like that, I mean, you're kind of like you're, yeah. You know, it's like your eyeball. Your, your eyeballs light up. Well, he's on one leg. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 22 years old, though. Um, so good for him. Um, yeah. And it was. Uh, yeah. And we uh, we got that 17 year old coming up in a week or two. So, yeah, it was uh, another fun. Night. I got through the show like super quick. I, I turned it on like the next day on my lunch hour. And it's like, OK, I'll, you know, I'll get through a few fights. And I think I watched the whole show. Um, so, you know, in, in an hour, like when I don't watch the video packages and, and, and the entrances, it's pretty easy. And then I watched the inner. I always like to watch the interviews so i did that after this like later on in the day when i was done work but uh yeah good another good show five more contracts i mean literally like think every single person that's one has gotten a contract this year except for like three people four people on the opener um and and uh and the bow nickel <laughs> that's it and everyone else has got a contract um and bow nickel signed anyway so um and then this week I'm looking at the uh, uh, upcoming one, and yeah, there's a few undefeated fighters fighting each other: uh, Gabriel Bonfim and Trey Waters in the uh, semi-main, and then the opener, the women, Teresa Bleda and Nayara Maya. A lot of Mayas in MMA. And uh, main event, I don't recognize any of these names. I don't know if you are Trey Waters. Maybe sounds a little familiar. Um, are you familiar with any of these guys? Uh, I'm f- kind of familiar with the Bone Bonfim twin, our brothers. brothers right, yeah. Them. They mentioned that last and week, I, yeah. And I've heard of, I feel like I've heard of Jimmy Lawson. I'd have to look it up, look up the record to see if it's the same one. Yeah, yeah he's an LFA guy. I've seen, I've seen his name in LFA press releases. I've seen, press um, press. actually, not Narima and Abasov as well, because I used to watch those Fight Night Global shows all the time, and he's a veteran, 28 and 3. Um, He's 28 years old, so he's been, you know, he's fight, probably fighting three, four times a year. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Lawson, yeah, is another one. Looks like a heavyweight. Yeah, big heavyweight. Um, so, yeah, should be another fun show. Um, you know, I, I, you know, expect it's like every one of these. It's like one women's fight that goes a distance and a bunch of finishes. And uh, I would predict something similar this week. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, and uh, we had still got Bo Nickel coming up in a couple weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's on the very last. He's on week ten, the very last episode of the of the year, which he'll probably win. Officially signed UFC deal on debut, and I would say probably debut uh, on the December. You're in December really yeah. quickly. That makes sense because he probably won't take any any damage. All right, and uh, so next up we've got yeah. uh, UFC Paris. I just had everything loaded up, and then I 
we had some technical difficulties starting the show, so we had to re- restart and I uh, had everything up and then I didn't. So here I got uh, UFC Paris up now. And uh, we, you know what, this we talked about this last week. It was basically a two fight card, although they did the smart thing and moved up like probably the third biggest card on, that was on the prelims. They moved on to the main card, like, you know, just I think one or two days before. But uh, it was another hot crowd um, at times, most of the time, I would say. Um, they, they were down for a few matches, but uh, whenever there's a French person on, especially uh, especially Gone and uh, Benoit Saint-Denis, those were like the two two guys that got the biggest reactions, I thought. But, um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun show. We got name dropped in the same, uh, in the same fight by Michael Bisping, <laughs> which was a trip. Um, and I still don't even, I still don't even know what he was talking about. Like, I know I was going to, I was going to record it and play it and I just didn't think about it, but I forgot about it. But, uh, until just now, literally, but basically what it was, was I had tweeted out the round score and, uh, and then, you know, and then said, uh, you know, fun fight so far. That was my quote. And then I guess he had read it and he says, I'm with, I'm with Paul Fontaine. And then they flashed up your, score which was the exact same as mine and even the wording of the tweet was the same except you didn't have the fun fight so far part but you know 10-9 after the first round or whatever you said and then he's like oh i mean what 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 am i saying i mean ryan frederick (laughs) so i think he like in his mind like looked at my tweet and then you know saw yours right away while he was still talking and then thought oh i must have just messed up the names in my head so that it was just kind of funny because he's like the way it came off though if you listen to it without context he's he's like I'm with Paul Fontaine. Oh, what am I saying? You know, like, yeah. It's almost like he was burying me, but that's not at all what, what happened. So it was just kind of funny. You know, people noticed it and I picked up a few followers. It's always fun. But uh, yeah, the, uh, but the show itself was, uh, you know, it was pretty good. You know, we, you know, it's a typical fight night show, but you know, when you have a hot crowd like that, it, it makes it better. Um, I was flipping back and forth between this and the WWE show in Europe and, you know, in, in the UK. And it was kind of interesting listening to the crowd reactions and the comparing them and stuff like that. And um, I, I thought this crowd, you know, like they were just starving for MMA and uh, they got a good show. So but here, the, here, here's here's a quick here's a quick question. And I'll yep. show you the difference uh, on the WWE show. UK, UK wrestlers. What, what, they, what was their record? like people from oh yeah okay yeah i think that i think every one of them lost yeah they went over three whereas the french fighters on this show went five and oh and it's like yeah it's like you can't even book you like like you know (laughs) like you could book all the uk like this is just the i mean you could book all the uk guys to win and you don't and here it is a real sport mma mma anything can happen in the and all the the home country Home country people go five and zero. Oh. It's just, it's yeah. I always find that just stuff just funny. Like, well, the only the only one who wasn't really you know from France, but he was French and he was a big crowd favorite was Charles Jordan, and he lost, but it was a great fight. Yeah, and, well, he's, uh, he's he's from Canada. So. He's from Canada, but he got a big pop, and you know they loved his name. And, and, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, you know, Quebec, you know, it, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, you know French, but uh, yeah. he. But like you know, guys who actually live there, like Ima Vob and yeah, Gone and Saint Denis and I think Gomez, Gomez, and Gomez, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. But you're right. I mean, you know, they don't even you know they they don't even uh, prearrange the finishes and they still manage to get it right in WWE. It's like yeah, <laughs> it's funny how that just happens. It's like the, yeah, it's yeah. like the same the same moment. Same yeah, moment. but uh, the main event, of course, and. Uh, Hey, real quick, I want to go off on a tangent. It is not a big deal that Leon Edwards was at the WWE show and not the UFC show. Come on, people. There was I've seen multiple people talk about that. So No, it was I mean, it was in the UK. If if the if, if the UFC was in the UK, he would have been there. Yeah, plus he's gonna plus he's gonna be at the at the in Vegas this week, from what I heard. So yes. Yeah probably a bigger deal. Like like Leon Edwards, he's not French. What's the well, why you, you know, know the, the other thing you know, is, is he brought his kids. 
yeah. his kids probably wanted to see the WWE and front row <laughs> seats that they comped him. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, so, who wouldn't? Yeah, I just, I just, uh, you know, I, you know, there was a few people that I saw that said that that's a bigger coup, and I was like, no, it's, no. it's really not. So, no, you know what? Honestly, getting GSP there was a bigger coup than getting Leon Edwards. I'm sorry, and, you know, and Francis, France especially, and Francis, Francis, yeah. yeah, Francis being Francis there being there too, and was Fra- was yeah, Francis I mean, there? I didn't, I didn't yeah. see him. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I know I so fast so, forward through the intros, but so, I did see GSP. Yeah. So was Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman okay. was there, which which probably like usually these fighter appearances are booked out weeks in advance. So they probably yeah. were bringing in Usman thinking he was going to be Edwards. And then the, who, was the, who was the woman that was going to be here and then she didn't end up going? Do you remember? Well, she, was, she cut a promo uh, after her fight. It was Lauren Murphy because the fight right. that she was yeah fight that she was gonna she was interested in seeing live you know didn't happen so so she just wanted to go to Paris and get a free flight and yeah. <laughs> decided yeah. to go into business for herself and got a promo she went into business for herself she's just, just like yeah. I'm going to Paris to try to force UFC's hand to give her a free trip yeah. and appearance you know and an appearance fee and all that so, yeah yeah but hey you know what me. hey you know what. You miss every shot you don't take. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, main event here: Cyril Gaon and uh, Tai Tuivasa. They had a really fun fight. Um, it was it started off kind of slow, you know, and uh, but you know the fans weren't going to boo this fight. They did boo a couple of the other ones that were slow, not really boo, right. but you know they were kind of not into it. But this one, they they you know they were into Cyril Gaon, and there was one spot I think it was in the second round where um, Tai Tuivasa rocked Gaon, and it's the first time we've ever seen Gaon rock like that. I think, um, and he looked like you know he went he backed up and then Tuivasa kind of went in and then Gon started fighting back and it was like the one time when it was like oh my god like he could actually finish him and then at that point it was like even when Gon was was beating him you just knew like at any point he could he could get that one shot and uh and managed to uh to to put him out and and he didn't he ended up uh Gon was just kept going for the body and uh and and every time he did it was like a video game and uh you know where his power bar was going down 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 and uh, eventually it he ran out <laughs> and uh he uh finished him with with ground and pound against the fence and uh he was out and uh crowd just went nuts gone cut a great promo afterwards just a lot of fun just perfect ending to a really good show yeah i mean when you're uh the, honestly this fight when you start making your top 10 list of best fights of the year this one might end up on that. It was really fun, fun, and yeah, it started off kind of slow, kind of slow. But when Ty landed that right hand in the second round, that dropped gone. It was like a switch went off in both guys. Like gone went like gone fell back first, and his the back of his head hit the fence. And I thought that might have knocked him out, but it, and also at the same time, I was thinking, you know, if that fence wasn't there. He probably would have done the the flat back bump with the head bouncing off the back, and he probably would have he probably would have got knocked out from that. So maybe that fence saved saved Gone. But there was a lot of funny moments in that, and Gone had that super comeback into into the second round where he was body kicking the shit out of Tuiva Tuivasa. And then there were some funny funny moments in the third round. I think Gone said that that Tuivasa faked being low blowed to try to to try to sucker him in. And I remember one part where. Where gone either body kicked him or he hit him in the head, and Tui Vasa was standing there acting like he was wobbly, and all of a sudden God comes running in, and Tui Vasa almost connected with the right hand, like he was sucker him in into making a mistake because it was at that point, I think it was at that point in the third round where Ty realized, like realized, like I don't know that I can hit him again like I did in the second, so I'm gonna have to lure him in and make him make a mistake, and he almost made gone make a mistake, but then uh, gone, you know swarmed to the finish you know started just throwing a whole lot of flurries of punches punches and you know rock tie tie went down and that's it so uh yeah yeah i mean a very very impressive performance by Cyril god i thought this was i thought this was his best showing in the ufc to be honest yeah and and then i guess you know it's tough to book him you know going forward because you know we're probably going to have an interim title fight uh, Jones and Stipe, uh, or it'll be Jones and Francis. I guess if it's Jones and Francis, then you can give Gone the winner. But if, if Francis beats Jones, then I'm not sure how many people would be interested in that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I, I can't. 
That's 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 a trouble. I I can't imagine them booking Francis against Gone again within the next year. Yeah, I mean, unless they unless they can find like a stadium in in France that they want to sell sell and try to do that, but like to like to you know your cat your your pay per view buy an audience audience that show that show didn't draw all that big for a big uh, unification bout and all this and then you saw you saw Nagano basically use wrestling and winning and winning a boring fight so nobody's clamoring to see that fight again now if john jones you know ends up at the end of this as heavyweight champion him and gone is a very interesting fight it might be it might be the second most compelling fight in my opinion in the heavyweight division behind jones and uh nagano so but uh and also with ty i don't think ty loses a whole lot with this loss and just that showing and everything so i think i think a win or two you know, and he's right back in the mix. Yeah. I mean, he beat like a guy that, you know, is, is probably the second best heavyweight in the world, you know, other than, um, John, you know, John Jones, who isn't technically in the division yet. So, um, you know, and we don't really know what he's gonna be like at heavyweight till we actually see him fight. So yeah, I, uh, I, I thought this was like, yeah, went all around tied to kind of had nothing to lose. Um, so, and, uh, yeah, like you said, he didn't really lose much and he looked like I was a little bit worried, like the way he kind of went down and he was in rough shape, but you know, he dusted himself off. He was bleeding quite a bit, but then, you know, by the time they cleaned him up, he looked good and him and gone were like hugging after and laughing. And, you know, I would imagine to a tie was probably doing shoeies on the way to the back. They didn't show yeah. it on camera, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm imagining the next time we see Cyril gone, it's going to be against Curtis blades. There you go. So that's a good. One. They haven't done that yet, have they? No, no. That's a that's a fresh fight, and it's okay. Two top contenders. Perfect. And it keeps them both busy. So that's that's what I'm envisioning that fight. And happening. and a and a win for either one of them, you know, kind of erases the losses that they've had. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So that's good. The co-main uh, kind of went the way we expected. I mean, I I told everyone last week, you know, if you want to do a bet, that's a sure thing. Just take the over. Um, Whitaker is not Vittori never gets finished and Vittori isn't going to finish Whitaker. So it's going to go 15 minutes. And you said, you know, there's not really a path to victory for Vittori. This fight wasn't, it wasn't close. Um, Vittori, I mean, he was never even close to being finished or anything, but he was clearly not on the same level as Whitaker and Whitaker is easily the second best middleweight in the world. Um, you know, and you know, until we see what Pereira does, but, um yeah it was yeah it was a it was a fight and maybe you know one of the wasn't a typically terribly exciting fight but the crowd was into Whitaker so it was it was kind of fun to watch yeah uh, I said this on Twitter during the third round and uh I'm gonna repeat it here Robert Whitaker is a really fucking good fighter like it's he's like he like pure skill wise he might be top five in the sport I mean I mean, he's just—he's so good, and and I would argue he might be a better fighter than Adesanya. Adesanya's striking though is just is just is just better, and I think he just has Whitaker's number in that in that in- instance. But uh, yeah, this was just Whitaker looks so good here, just everything like it was, it it was you know is. It's hard to say. Like he's he's level. Him and Adesanya are so many far levels above everybody else at middleweight, middleweight. And unfortunately, we've seen Whitaker lose twice to Adesanya, so we're not gonna. I don't think we'll ever see it again, and uh, that's a damn shame. But uh, but yeah, he's so good. It's eh, and he flat out said it. I mean he he was he was talking about Vittori like like he's he knew Vittori was tough because Whitaker said like. I hit Marvin Vittori very, very hard, especially in the second round, and Vittori wouldn't go down. And it was a good showing for Vittori, Vittori because I mean, he he got down. But if you look at his last several years, his own losses are to Whitaker. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and they mentioned the same thing. Bisping actually mentioned the same thing in the commentary that uh, that I mentioned on the show last week. That uh, you know, you go back like I think it's like seven years, and the only people that the the if you take away Adesanya, 
these guys had never, neither one of them had lost in like seven years, but they've both been beaten by Adesanya twice. And then Vittori, after the fight, had this, it was like this weird moment where he like grabbed the mic and he like did a speech in Italian and they never translated it. And then they just kind yeah. of ignored that it had happened and went over to Whitaker. Someone, I got a, I got a translation from it. Okay, I did too. So, but you can read it because I don't have it handy. I I don't have it in front of me, but basically, he spoke in Italian, and there was a big Italian contingent that flew into Paris uh, to support him. And he just basically thanked them all for coming and said, you know, said I gave him gave him my all, and just basically thank thank those Italian fans for coming to support him. That was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, so, but it was weird that I guess there's probably just nobody around that um, that understood Italian um, that could translate for him. So, um, because that one, well, they, they probably the had, one, they probably. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. They probably what? They probably they probably had the Italian translator on the outside on the outside, and uh, and and you know, obviously with Vittoria losing, they were like, yeah, you can stay out there. So that's probably where it, where that was. <laughs> yeah. I, I do like I did like that uh, and I, I don't remember ever seeing this before. Maybe they've done it and I, I missed it, but uh they had uh, a French translator that was literally translating every single one of the interviews. Normally they will they will translate into English, but they you know they assume the whole crowd can understand English for whatever reason, or they just don't care and they're they're only worried about the, the TV audience. But here they translated all the interviews in French for the crowd, and th- this translator was great. Like he he was kind of showing emotion and stuff, and I I told you in a DM I thought he looked like a buff Tony Khan, um you know and and but more personality like he was he was really good and he he added to it and I understand a little bit of French too so, um he he was actually you know translating really well so, uh, that was one little thing I, I I definitely liked about it, um so yeah so th- those are the two big ones um and i guess uh, what are your i guess we'll do our three stars i think i let you go first last week so i will go first this week and okay. uh as as always i always pick the women and uh stephanie Yeager, uh featherweight looked really good uh beating the debuting eileen perez who also looked good uh, actually and she might have been winning the fight um you know at worst it was 1919 after two but um Yeager kind of took over in the third round well the the finish came at the end of the second. Oh, at the end of the second, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry, I was uh, reading it wrong. Yeah, it was six seconds left in the in the second round, and uh, yeah, but uh, Perez, I thought she looked good for her debut. But Egger, you know, she was once they got to the ground, like she, you know, she she was definitely the better grappler, and and she got that submission in rear naked choke. So good for her. And she got a promo afterwards, um, and uh, spoken French, which the crowd really loved. So um, I will. There's one there that I'll leave for you. Um, I will go. My second star would be, um, Roman Kopilov. Um, he, uh, KO'd, uh, Alessio Di Chirico, another Italian fighter, um, in the third round, minute nine into the third round. Uh, he looked, he looked real good here. Uh, middleweight. I want to say, did, was he coming up from welterweight? Um, no, no. no he okay. Was. I don't know. I don't know who I'm thinking of. I, cause for some reason I actually thought he was a welterweight, but. Um, yeah, and then uh, my third star, you know, I, I'm just going to go with Nazrat Hawkparas because he beat John McDessie. And uh, for me, that makes him a third star. Um, that that fight wasn't anything to write home about, but uh, Nazrat got the win, and uh, it's always good to see McDessie lose. Although I was worried. I thought that might be a, uh, it might go the other way because a couple of those rounds were a little close, and uh, I was worried, but it went the right way. Okay, first first thing, you know what uh you know what I found weird is like if you look at every single every single uh fight that went to decision, there's there's it, it's uh two scorecards the same, but the third scorecard was always dissenting. I found yeah. that interest I found that interesting, like across across the board, like across the board it's uh you know you very rarely see you very rarely see that. Like a lot of times like there was a lot of times where on this card where I thought there was a clear 3027s and like the first two scorecards would be 3027 3027 and then a 29 28 and I'm like who like what <laughs> like come on like it was kind of 
you know, and then there was one fight where that was a clear 29-28, and then the first two scorecards were at 29-28, and the last one was 30-27, and that was another one I was shaking my head at. Like, like what? Some of these scorecards were kind of ridiculous. Almost there was like, a 29-29 in one of the things, so somebody yeah, got a yeah. 10-10. There was a 10-10 round, which was the first time since 2018, I believe, that there was a fight that scored 10-10, and the last 10-10 round, I think, came in Australia. So it seems to be like only – international card yeah uh, cards where these happen but anyway my three stars uh first i'm gonna go with apu smagomedov i mean anytime there's a 19 second finish you kind of yeah. gotta you kind of gotta highlight that guy as a as a star and smagomedov i mean he came out and just destroyed dustin stole stole foods right away you know front kick you know i think front kick i think that dropped him dropped him and then uh, punches on the ground Punches on the ground. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. Uh, my second star, I'm going to go with Benoit Saint Denis. That's the one I was looking uh, for you. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I, he, uh, I want to say he kind of got off to like a slowish kind of start. Maybe you want to call mm-hmm. it a slowish kind of start there at the first half of the at the at the first half of the first round. But then he got a big slam takedown, and the momentum just shifted from there. He dropped uh, Gabriel Miranda twice in the first round. And I thought he was going to, you know, I thought he was going to finish him after the second time, but it, time just ran out. And then they came out for the third and he pretty much dropped Miranda almost immediately. 16 seconds into the second round was, did you go, did you go 10, eight in the first? Oh I yeah. Did. I went 10, eight in the first. Yeah. Did you see his uh, St. Denise toe after the fight? Have you seen the no. picture of that? No. Uh, it's very graphic. Oh, I'll put it to you I this probably way. don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's just say like, He's very lucky he didn't lose half of his big toe. Okay. In that fight. And, it, and if it had gone longer than 16 seconds in the second round, he might have lost half his big toe. Like it was disgusting looking. Like, like I just, and I wasn't even like actively like, you know, it was one of those, it was one of those after, it was one of those after the show ended Saturday because it was an early show for a show for us. Yeah. I went out to dinner afterwards and I'm sitting there just waiting on my dinner and just scrolling through Twitter to see, you know, post fight notes, notes and all that. And here, here, like I'm getting this big old plate of barbecue put set right in front oh, of me. Oh no! At the same time that I'm seeing <laughs> like a bloody ass toe that's like oh. that's like almost halfway ripped off. But uh, yeah, very graphic. I don't suggest people go see it. But if you like, apologize to anyone like who's that, listening to this over their lunch hour. Um, did, um, yeah. did was this the one where in between rounds they the the corner was telling Benoit uh, he's dead. <laughs> or something like that. I think like, so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And Miranda I wrote down that this dead. was I mean, the biggest. This was the biggest pop for a Benoit since two thousand nine, which maybe too soon. Two thousand nine. That's. Uh, I mean, that's two years after that shit happened. But is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that stuff I thought happened it was two thousand nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then that's why my joke fell fell at that. I think I said in over thirteen years, so technically it's still right. But sorry, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, yeah but uh, but yeah, he got a huge crowd reaction. Obviously, yeah, he from France, and it was a great, it was a great showing for him. He was the first and, French and, uh, fighter, and then he got the awesome finish. I actually yeah. think the crowd helped him turn it around from the slow start as well. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. too. And uh, my third one, I had a few choices, but I'm going to highlight Nathaniel Wood. Uh, him okay. and Charles Jordan had a very good fight. But Wood looked, I mean, Wood looked outstanding. I mean, his just his wrestling was really good. His striking was really good. And and to keep pace on the feet with Charles Jordan is very tough. And Wood did it. And and you also kind of got to give both these guys props because they were fighting six weeks or less after, after their most previous fight. So, you know, they came in and they, they were both in great shape and both looked good and looked good. And maybe, you know, you give Jordan, even though he lost, you know, the three and a half, the third and a half star, but uh, I thought this was a very good fight. So uh, yeah, but uh, Wood looked good, and he is getting he's creeping up very quickly mm-hmm. on the featherweight rankings. Yeah, moving up from bantamweight. Um, yeah, that was that was uh, that was a really good fight. Um, most nights it probably would have won uh, yeah. fight of the night, but the main event got it here. Um, so take take us through the rest of the card. Yeah, all right. The uh, prelim started with, uh, as you brought 
Stephanie was one of your stars. Stephanie Egger submitting Island Perez in the second round. Uh, just Egger was better on the ground and ended up getting a submission in the second round. I thought it was funny, and I didn't bring this up when you were talking about it, but her, uh, her post-fight scrum, she was just talking about how Island Perez needs to stop focusing on twerking and start focusing on fighting because <laughs> Island Perez was, I guess, doing the whole twerking thing. Uh, she was doing it on her way out, on her walkout, was doing it at weigh-ins, and just, you know, just kind of a funny comment. Uh, then we had a Bantamweight fight. Christian Quinone has uh, finished Khalid Taha uh, 315 in the first round. Down. They had a back and forth fight, and then Taha was rushing forward, and Quinones landed a right hand, and Taha, you know, kind of went to his knees, and then Quinones landed another right hand that kind of just started momentum shift to the back, and there was a couple more punches, and it was stopped. People were saying early, maybe yes, maybe mm. no. It's very judgment call, judgment call. But I thought like even if even if he didn't stop it at that moment, a few seconds later, it was going to be over. So so I don't think it was a bad call at all. And then uh, we had the lightweight fight, Benoit de Saint-Denis uh, finishing Gabriel Moran in the second round I just talked about. Then we had uh, Fares Ziem, uh unanimous decision over Michael Figlak, uh, I think McCall Figlak, I think that's how you say it, 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. Really good showing from Ziam. And, uh, yeah, not much more about that. That was the one then, that had the 29-29. No, they had 29-28. The 29-29 was later. Okay. It was later. Um Oh, you're then, right. You're uh, right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. Then we had a, then we had a lightweight fight. You talked about Nazareth Akpras, unanimous decision over John McNessy. I thought Akpras just very clearly won all three rounds, but a judge gave McNessy a mercy round for some reason, but very clear win from Akpras. And then we had to close out the prelims, Abus Magomedov finishing Dustin Solzfus, 19 seconds with the front kick and follow up punches. The main card, uh, featherweight fight kicked off Nathaniel Wood over Charles Jordan that I just talked about. Then we had another featherweight fight between two debuting fighters, William Gomi over uh, Jarno Aaron's majority decision, 229-28, and then the 29-29. I thought Gomi won all won the first two rounds, and the third round was Aaron's round, but uh, the third round was the 10-10 round that the one judge gave him, and the other two gave him to Aaron's, uh, gave him to Aaron's but the first two rounds were go me around so that's that was the difference there then you had roman Kopilov, uh third round finish over lesio dietrico you had another really good fight and this is a, kind of a big one nasrin imavov nasrin imavov a unanimous decision over joaquin buckley 229 28 scorecards and a 30 27 uh imavov definitely won the first two rounds buckley was coming on strong in the third round nearly nearly uh he had a imavov in trouble in a couple moments moments it almost looked like he was going to drop him and finish him a couple of times but but it was really that reach of imavabi you could see just the height and reach difference in there was pretty big big and buckley yeah. buckley i thought looked good in losing i don't know i mean he definitely won the third round so that 30 27 scorecard was bad but yeah but a very good showing for imavab and like i said buckley i don't think lost a lot in losing and then we had the co-main event whitaker over vittori 30 27, 30 27, 29, 28. Yeah, I mean, Whitaker won all three rounds. The 29-28 scorecard was dumb, but yeah, very, very outstanding performance from Whitaker. And then the main event, Cyril gone over Tatui Voss, the third round knockout with uh yeah, 423 of the third round. Yeah, real good show. Uh 15,405 fans at the uh Accor Arena in Paris, uh 3.4 million dollar gate. Which is, you know, that's not bad for a fight night. One of the better ones they've ever done. And the bonuses went to Benoit Saint Denis, uh, Abus Magomedov, and then Gon and Tuivasa got the fight of the night. So, uh, yeah, it was a real good show. And uh, this week we're. They, uh, I want to. I want to bring up some stuff that uh, they had. David Shaw, who runs kind of the over. You know, let me pull it up. The over. The overseas stuff. He oversees the Canadian, Canadian and uh, UK offices for okay. the for David Shaw. Okay. Uh, he uh, he had a few interesting things. He uh, he said he claimed that uh, the USC is uh, planning on returning to the pre-pandemic level of international shows in 2023. That they were looking at Scandinavia and Spain. Spain. Um, they talked about trying to trying to get to Canada three times next year. Next okay. year, I uh, mentioned 
Toronto, Edmonton, and Calgary being a possible pay per view pay per view cities. It's all about having 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 available dates. You know, that's that's the biggest thing. Yeah, you know, when it comes to arena shows right now, right now, both for UFC and any other any any other sports or an entertainment thing like the venue. You know, we you have of course that already have dates locked down due to the like NHL and NBA. And then you have just just now is a time when everybody can get back to going and touring stuff, you know, bands, Disney on Ice, stuff like that, stuff like that. So uh, arena dates are very hard to come by, but so it's all about trying to get dates. And uh, but yeah, that's a those are a couple of things you said post fight. So there, there was that. All right, cool. Um, so this this week, uh, it's it's one it's a big one. Uh, UFC 279 could be Nate Diaz's final fight. The rare pay per view that does not have a title fight. Um, main event is uh, Kamzat Chimaev uh, against Nate Diaz. Um, obviously, biggest fight in the career for Chimaev, and and again maybe the last fight for Nate Diaz. Uh, Kamzat is like huge favorite like one of the biggest favorites that you'll ever see in a ufc fight uh I believe yeah minus 1200 um i saw somebody you can get a parlay on uh nate and tony ferguson to win and it's like i want to say like 29 to 1 or something like that somebody wow. texted me and said yeah can i what's you know is this a good bet and i'm like well no because i don't think either one of them will win but then it's like you know what like at 29 to one, why not? Like, you know, things can happen. And, uh, you know, and it's got me thinking, like, I mean, you know, I think Kamzat obviously is going to win, but there is a path to win for Nate Diaz. And and we saw Kamzat get tired um, in his last fight, I thought in the third round. And if Nate D and this is going to, you know, this could go five. So if Nate Diaz manages to get him tired, you know, who knows? I mean, he almost finished Leon Edwards, um, and I don't think Comzat's quite at the level of Leon Edwards yet. So, and Ferguson can absolutely beat Lee. I mean, I don't expect him to, but you know, you could definitely do it. So, um, yeah, but it's, um, yeah, Comzat and Nate Diaz. Uh, I, I honestly like, I didn't think this fight was a good idea when it was booked, and I'm still not sure it is, but here we are. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you ask Comzat about the fight, fight, he. His reaction, I think he said something good like, "Like the UFC is bringing me in to kill Nate Diaz and and to and to send him send him on his way," which is, I mean, that's what everybody feels like, I guess, I guess. But uh, Nate, Nate seems to pull fights out of his ass. But uh, you know, fights that you don't think he's going to win, you know, like the first Connor fight and even the second Connor fight was was close. But I don't, I I don't. He's gonna have to hope Kamzat gets tired and tired quickly because that's that's yeah. his big key, and then maybe maybe the boxing volume if he can do it. But uh, I just think Chamaya is gonna just take him down because take him down and run through him, you know, ground and pound him and finish him in the second. Like I'm envisioning a second round finish, and uh, yeah, but uh, if Nate can pull off the upset and. Like I said, I like I said last week when we brought up the question. I don't believe I believe he'll be back. Nate will, mm-hmm. and if he wins, definitely. But I but at the same time, I believe that last week, and then and then just yesterday, they uh, there was an announcement that Nate is going to start his own promotion that uh, <laughs> that uh, promotes MMA fights, boxing matches, and I think bare knuckle stuff or other stuff. And uh, so who knows? Now maybe he just goes fights for himself. Which I don't know, you know, fighters starting starting fight promotions, you're not gonna make a bunch of money off of that. Off of that. The, with, you know. the the one thing that I'll say, you know, and if you wanna Nate's only been finished one time in the last nine years. And that was yeah. against Jorge Masvidal. And uh, you know, it was a doctor stoppage. Uh, you know, in the third, you know, end of the third round, you know, in in the BMF fight, and a lot of people didn't like that stoppage. Um, there, you know, there, uh, Kamzat is probably tougher than Jorge Masvidal was three years ago, but um, maybe not. Like Masvidal is pretty tough at that time. Uh, you know, he's probably lost a little bit since then. But I mean, if if Nate can last into the fourth and fifth rounds, I don't, who knows? You know. Um, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, 
I don't, I don't think if the, you know, if we're straight up, I'm betting comms out all day. If it's even five minus 500, I'm betting he's minus 1200. Like that's wow. I, you know, again, I, you know, I, I, I would probably just not bet on this fight to be honest with you, but I think I'll enjoy it either way, you know, and I'm sure Nate could get knocked out and he'll probably still claim he won. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's an interesting fight. Nate will be, I'm sure Nate will be a big, star to that vegas audience and uh comes at me thrive on the booze who knows yeah oh, i want to say this the uh the sellout streak is in jeopardy this week is it we'll okay yeah yeah i've heard the show isn't selling all that good live ticket wise which may show that you know this fight might have been a mistake to the to ticket audience you know Nate, nate's never really been a huge ticket mover i think it's so. gonna do real well on pay-per-view though yeah, it's tough. It's going up against, uh, you know, college football's college football. back. True, college true, football's yeah. back. It's, uh, I mean, granted, granted, this doesn't affect Saturday, but it's opening weekend for the NFL. You know, there's oh, a yeah. lot going. There's a lot going on. So week after an AEW pay per view could hurt a little bit too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. You know. You usually. I've seen I've seen some very good correlation with the with those the ones that have been like the same weekend like neither's affected the other. Okay. Okay. I uh but yeah, it's uh yeah, we'll see. We'll see it'll be an interesting one. We'll Nate's buy. been a draw. Nate's been a pay-per-view draw before, so or they'll buy, you know, so or they'll just yeah. so what the last AEW one what was it a uh, revolution the one in March that came yeah. the same weekend as Colby and Masvidal and that one still did great and but <laughs> Colby and Masvidal didn't do as good so maybe who knows there you who go knows? there you go know. yeah yeah uh, who knows um and then the co-main is you know again you know kind of a I mean for top two fights this is kind of maybe the weakest you're ever going to see I mean Tony Ferguson is you know probably like three four years past his prime against you know Li Jing Long who's you know a fun fighter everybody loves him especially in the Asian markets but he's not exactly uh you know a headliner um maybe fight night but um you know this is this kind of fight was just kind of thrown together Tony Ferguson doesn't even really wrestle or fight at that you know at welterweight but he took the fight and uh kind of a do or die for him I think yeah I mean this is to me does it feel quick still feel quick coming back from that knockout from Chandler in May. You think four months is too kind of kind of. Yeah. I mean, especially yeah. the way he lost, like, like he looked, I mean, I almost was surprised that he didn't retire, you know, but it's Tony yeah, Ferguson. Yeah. He's it's Tony Ferguson. He's crazy. Yeah. He's like, I say he's crazy. He, uh, he is, he did train at Greg. He has been training at Greg Jackson. I mean, and, and this is abbreviated, training camp this fight just came together like two weeks ago two weeks yeah. ago which explains kind of the the randomness of it of it they needed to bolster the card so they had to add two solid fights they're not you know they're not huge fights and but this is one of them and uh you know Li Jingliang, he's tough he can knock people out i don't know that this i don't know if this is gonna be a pretty night for tony ferguson but uh no but he's no he just finished maybe, muslim salikov like seven weeks yeah. ago yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I mean, but Ferguson, you know, this is his chan- big chance for redemption for him. So, I think if he gets knocked out and he gets brutally knocked out again, maybe this is it for him. So, uh, yeah. so I mean, you know, he he'll have to be forced to retire the forced to retire though. So because they won't release him, even if he loses this fight, they won't cut him, cut him because he did him a huge favor, huge favor. But uh. It'll be time to have that talk if he gets knocked out again. All right. And, the, the, you know, honestly, like the rest of the card, like sometimes we'll go over like every fight on the main card. I don't know that we necessarily need to do that uh, here. Um, you can, no. You'll go over like the whole card, but we'll, we'll we'll pick our three fights each. Or you pick your three fights that you're really looking forward to, and then I'll give people the three underdogs they can look out for. The, the ROI picks, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I did. First, I'll, I'll, go I'll, with I'll get the, into uh, that. The other, no, oh, you didn't. You didn't have time. I understand. Yeah, uh, go ahead. But uh, 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 the uh, my first one on the three fights to watch list is the other the other kind of big fight that was added late. Added late. It's going to be a hundred eighty pound catchweight. But Kevin Holland and Daniel Rodriguez, that's such a fun matchup. 
against two really exciting fighters, whether you want to call them welterweights, middleweights, whatever, whatever. I mean, this fight should be pretty damn fun. Uh, my yeah. second fight to watch, uh, I'm going to go with the main card opener. And I'd be surprised if I'm picking this, but Johnny Walker and the Ion Kudalaba. Uh, just something about that fight screams craziness and a crazy finish. And Kudalaba is crazy. And Johnny Walker is just different. And, <laughs> and I have a feeling somebody's going to sleep in that fight. And my third fight to watch, I'm, uh, as much as I want to pick... Hakeem Dawadu against Julian Rosa. I'm going to do this one just for you, Paul. And Jake Collier and Huggy fight. Bear. Jake Collier, Jake Collier and Chris Barnett. Uh, yeah. I mean, talk about two guys. I mean, this might be an ugly fight, but talk about two two guys who who look similar-ish. <laughs> so we'll put you, yeah, yeah. put you that way. But, uh, but I mean, they're kind of they're, – they're kind of – you know, Chris Barnett is definitely a cult favorite. Especially after that win, when he had over John Volante at Madison Square Garden, he got, got super popular after that. But I feel like Jake Collier is kind of being becoming kind of a cult favorite. You know, the middle the middleweight who ballooned up to heavyweight heavyweight during the <laughs> pandemic and just looks completely different, but uh, but has put together a little bit of yeah. a solid run lately. Lately, I think he's won. Got his record here. Uh, well, he lost his last fight, although he probably should have won against Andre. He's lost. He's kind of 500 over the last six fights. Yeah, it's kind of messed up. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. All right, we got a little bit of technical issues there, so I I hope I'm not talking over Ryan, but um, I'll do my um, my. Th- I didn't do the ROI stuff this week. I dealing with the stuff with my son, but I did kind of look over the odds, and I think I got three underdogs here. If you want to throw some money on some underdogs, Daniel Rodriguez, I'm surprised, is a kind of a sizable underdog, plus 180 against Kevin Holland, and I I mean Rodriguez is one of the up and coming fighters in in the welterweight division and i i kind of really like him a lot uh other one is um uh danielle wolf um she's one and oh uh this is the one i talked about earlier and you'll get into this in a second but 39 years old uh one and oh she's a former boxer but she's plus 260 against Nor- norma dumont and i don't know i don't think anybody should be that big of an underdog against norma dumont so i, I think it's worth throwing throwing a dollar or two down on that and then my third one i always go with this guy and he never lets me down Juicy J, uh, he's a plus 190 uh, underdog against uh, Hakeem Duwadu, and I'm looking forward to that fight. And I love both those guys, so either way I win, but I'm going to throw some money on Juicy J and hope uh, hope to cash in. So if even one of those cashes in, we break even, and if two of them cash in, we make some money. So Daniel Wolf, nice. Julie, Juicy J, and Daniel Rodriguez. So uh, take us through the rest of this card. All right, uh, it kicks off uh, at six Eastern time. Uh, sorry, excuse me. Uh, with the early prelims, which are going to be on ESPN Plus, starts off with a welterweight fight: Darian Weeks against Johan Lanice. Lanice, or however you say that. Uh, then we have a women's strawweight fight: Melissa Martinez making her UFC debut against Elise Reed. Then we have a bantamweight fight: Chad and Ann Halliger against. Alating Hale, I guess it's uh, yeah, Arichi Lay. I think that's how they say it. No, that's and a different no, guy. That's a different way. That's a different yeah. guy. Alating Hale. <laughs> uh, they're gonna say this. I, I get. I'm trying so hard to get these <laughs> these Chinese fighters' pronunciations correct. Correct. I'm trying to be like Anik. I need to be, you know. But uh, but yeah, Alating Hale. We'll leave it that. Then the women's featherweight fight. Uh, Norma Dumont against Danielle Wolf. Uh, Wolf making her UFC debut debut uh, uh then uh the main prelims uh eight easter time they're going to be on espn news and the Ooh. ESPN plus to college football um kicked off with the head to lulin against jamie pickett then we have a fight that's it's going to be a 228 pound. It just came together. 
this week All right, looks like we lost Ryan there while he was doing the rundown. Uh, I'm going to try and get him back real quick. Uh, Let me just get there. But uh, he was going through the main card of the UFC uh, 279. Uh, Just a second here. There we go. Uh, Okay, just sent Ryan the link again. Uh, But I will try to get get you guys all up to date there until I get him back. Uh, so, yeah, he was talking about the uh, catchweight fight, Jelton Almeida and Anton Turkaj, uh, that is, uh, was just put together a few weeks ago. Jelton Almeida, normally a light heavyweight, he debuted at heavyweight in his first fight against Parker Porter. And Anton Turkaj is an undefeated fighter from Finland, making his UFC debut. And the main event is the fight we talked about earlier, um, and that is uh, the... Uh, featherweight fight between Hakeem Duwadu and Julian Arosa, Juicy J, my own personal favorite. Uh, that'll kick off the, uh, or that'll headline the prelims on ESPN. And then the, uh, the main card uh, fight Ryan talked about earlier, Johnny Walker and Ion Kudalaba. Um, that is uh, that's a light heavyweight fight. We got uh, Macy chase on a uh, tough featherweight winner uh, going up against Irene Aldana, a bantamweight fight. Uh, she's a popular fighter from Mexico. Macy Chason has looked real good when she wins and not so great when she loses. Like she has a tendency to look really bad, but uh, she's won three of her last four and uh, she beat Norman Dumont by split decision in her last fight. So, you know, that bantamweight division is wide open in terms of trying to get people a title fight. Um, and, uh, and then we've got, uh, Kevin Holland and Daniel Rodriguez, 180 pound catch weight. This fight Ryan talked about earlier. He's looking forward to welterweight co-main event, Lee Jing Lang against Tony Ferguson at welterweight and the main event, another welterweight fight comes out against Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz being led to an execution. So that is, uh, that's it. Of course, the, the main cards on pay-per-view, the prelims, as Ryan mentioned, ESPN news, I uh, I don't remember if we get Ryan back if he if he makes it back uh, if those main card prelims are on e- ABC or not I doubt it because of college football but uh, we'll find out um, just checking to see if we got him back no not yet all right so what else did Ryan have on the back burner um, so the, uh, the the news there's not much. Um, uh, Jared Cannonier and Sean Strickland uh, fight that was originally scheduled is off uh, Luke Rockhold. Um, the, you know, if we last saw him, oh, there's Ryan. Uh, Hey Ryan, you're back. Can you hear me? Ryan. Okay. I don't know if you can hear me, Ryan, but I did finish off the, uh, the card, um, preview for you. Um, and, uh, was just talking about the news. Um, we've got, uh, Luke Rockhold uh, talking about coming back, even though it looks like he might have retired after his last fight. I can hear you. Can you talk about Luke? Okay. Uh, the other news that Ryan had, uh, I mentioned Cannoneer and Strickland. UFC releases, uh, Harry Hunsucker, uh, Yanan Wu, Claudio Silva, Francisco Figueredo. So that fight we've been talking about forever between the Figueredo brothers at flyweight, never going to happen. And Yusef Zalal, which surprised me a little bit. Um, and then some fights that have been made over the last little while, just uh, looking over them. Marina Rodriguez and Amanda Lemos is kind of a big fight. Uh, Jennifer Maya, Marina Moroz, uh, pivotal uh, fight at women's flyweight. Uh, Brady Highstand uh, getting a fight, I believe, uh, from the Contender Series. I 
if Ryan's there, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Darren Elkins and Jonathan Pierce. That's for UFC Fight Night on December 3rd. That previous fight that I mentioned, the uh, Maya Morose and uh, Brady Highstand getting a fight, that's at the MSG show on, uh, or sorry, no, uh, a fight night on November 19th. And uh, Billy Quarantillo, uh, December 10th, uh, UFC 282 against Alexander Hernandez. And uh, yeah, Brutus Silva and Albert Duryev on the fight night on December 17th. So, you know what? I don't think we got Ryan back. So, you know, we were just about done. We just went just about an hour here. Um, we, um, so yeah, we'll wrap this up. Um, and I apologize for the technical difficulty at the end of the show. Uh, I'm Paul Fontaine. Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Paul Ace Fontaine. Uh, Ryan, of course, you can read his coverage of, uh, in the Wrestling Observer newsletter every uh, Monday. So he'll have coverage of – well, no, he won't have coverage of last week's show because there wasn't a show last week. Uh, but the one that just happened, UFC Paris, that'll be in the next week's issue. That'll that'll be out uh, next uh, this coming Friday. And then, of course, he'll have uh, live coverage of UFC 279 on the Wrestling Observer website uh, that you can follow along and follow both of us on Fight Night. And maybe Michael Bisping or Daniel Cormier or somebody else will name drop us again on the broadcast and uh, we'll pick up a few more followers and uh and i'll also keep everyone updated on on my son if you follow me at at paulie's fontaine so for ryan i'm paul and this has been in the clinch and as always enjoy the fights later <laughs>